All right, on tonight's episode of Sports Social Podcast, we're going to start out talking a little NBA playoffs, talking about the play-in tournament, have a little NHL playoffs. God, it sucks to be a Blues fan. Phil Mickelson winning another tournament. Gotta love old lefty. A little NFL draft talk with the biggest picks around one, fantasy winners and losers, and who have the biggest initial impact. And finally, end with trying to stump Andrew on some good old sports trivia. Listening to the Sports Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Honerkamp and Chris Arnold. Welcome into the Sports Social Podcast, the first real episode. We knocked out the intro episode. This one will be a little bit longer, a little bit more in depth with some more sports talk. As you heard my buddy Chris Arnold say in the intro there, what we're going to cover tonight. Chris, first of all, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Ready to get this first one on the road, get going on this thing. How are you tonight, Andrew? I'm hanging in there, ready to talk some sports. And uh, as we as we mentioned, we're going to cover uh, NHL and NBA playoffs. Uh, both are in full swing right now. Uh, the PGA Championship just got over with Phil Mickelson uh, picking up his sixth major, uh, kind of coming out of nowhere uh, for the PGA Championship victory. Uh, we also we also want to cover the uh, NFL draft, biggest winners and losers, who we thought had the best draft, who will have the best initial impact, uh, and then uh, final thoughts, maybe some trivia along the way. Uh, so I think we should just jump right in and uh, kind of talk about uh, the, NA, the playoffs for both the NBA and NHL. How does that sound? Yeah, let's get started with the NBA. But first off, let me just crack open a nice old cold brewski. Get this little ASMR here. That sounded good. A little, uh, oh, yes. I mean, it is the sports social pod. So we gotta, right. got to have a little drink. Got to have a little Come drink on. going on. You know, I, I, that escaped oh, me. I'm uh, I'm sitting at school right now. Following, yeah, I mean, you are stuck at school, uh, so. Follow, following uh, dorm protocols of uh, no alcohol. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Benefit uh, of being an old man that's graduate. Right, that's right. Plenty uh, of beer. Bridge, baby got gotta have a gotta have a good refreshment for a strong first podcast here tonight all right uh, so we'll start with a little nba yeah yeah so uh as we mentioned as you guys probably know the uh nba playoffs just got underway starting to be in full swing uh right now but kind of uh, as a first initial question chris or thought anyway i just want to kind of get your thoughts on the uh, NBA play-in tournament, the first year they've done this, where uh, the top 10 seeds from each conference ended up making the playoffs and had to kind of play each other for that final eighth overall seed. What are your, what are your thoughts, takes on that? I thought it was stupid. I hated it. I, <laughs> that might I, be a hot I, take, but I, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. It's, there's no, there was nothing wrong with the old way of doing it. Absolutely nothing wrong. It's worked for years. Everybody's loved it. Nobody's complained. Top eight seeds in each conference get in. I mean, it's, it's the easiest way to do it. Just get right on started. 
I, I agree. One versus I, eight, seven versus two. I mean, it's easy. There's there's no need for the playoff. I mean, these, no. these, I feel uh, bad. For, I, I hate the I hate the Warriors, but I feel so bad for Steph Curry because he was that number eight seed and he got screwed out of the playoffs. It would have been so much more fun to be able to watch him play rather than the teams I got in. I just I, – I hated it personally. I couldn't stand it. I didn't even watch the game, so I had no desire to. I had to say, uh, this is kind of maybe a little bit off topic, but still under the NBA umbrella. I, I think Steph Curry right now is my favorite. I, I don't watch a lot of NBA. I don't because – but – I yeah, honestly, I don't either. Until it gets to play like end of the round playoffs, right. it's just, there's too much to watch. It's hard. I, I would say Steph Curry is my favorite player to watch. Now that's pretty easy to say, but you know he attempts yeah. shots that people, other players won't even wouldn't even think about taking. I mean, he's in range once he gets off the plane. Just uh, he is. He's just he's just yeah, fun to watch. He yeah, is. He is. So. Which is uh, hard for me to say because I'm a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan, so I personally just hate the Warriors with passion. But he's fun to watch. That team is fun to watch. When him, when Clay comes back and him and Clay combine, that's just I mean, it's it's good TV. It's good to, it's good sports to watch. It's fantastic. The, I, I think well, if they got if they get healthy, they they won't have to worry about any sort of playing tournament. Oh no. no. Uh, but but kind of back on that uh, topic, I, I'm with you. I think uh, the playing tournament, it, it's it's just a little too much for me. I think we're starting to see all these leagues uh, kind of tinker with, with these things and trying to do a little too much to make it. Yes. I, I get it. May, maybe adds a little bit of intrigue, you know, a little bit of uh, something for fans to look forward to, but you know, all old school fans or even yeah. new school fans might, might just say, just let, let the boys play the game. Don't, don't fix what isn't broken. You know? Right. Don't fix what right. isn't broken. Uh, Why change it? So, uh, all right. So let me let me let me get this from you. Okay. Let me get your your winners from each conference. Okay. So who's going to be in the finals, and then your winner of the whole thing. Let me hear it. I I thought so. I was I was looking at this before the podcast. I and I I was looking at the bracket. You know, just kind of looking at the matchups now. Out of the West, um, I've kind of got a little a little bit of a sleeper. I've got Dallas. Coming out of the really? West, I do. Okay, okay. I, think, I mean, they're up two zero against the Clippers. So, I mean, yeah. That's not so, so, hard. I mean, you know, they're already up two zero, so it's kind of an easier lean, I guess. But to come out of the whole thing, right? They still have to, you know, yeah. beat a beat a few more teams, and obviously, still beat the Clippers, right? Uh, Luca is uh, just unreal. He is fantastic. He is. He is. I think um, the clip the uh, Lakers uh, still have. A few unknowns, right? With uh, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, are still yeah. trying to get healthy. Uh, Phoenix but, obviously kind of blew blew through everybody. Phoenix and Utah blew through everybody, but I kind of wanted to get into Utah a little bit. Uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, said this week or last night, well, some sometime earlier this week that he was upset with the Jazz because they held him out uh, with a sprained ankle, uh, and he felt like he could have played. Um, but so I feel like, and he's he's coming back tonight. Uh, obviously, Memphis is uh, up one zero in that series uh, so far. He's coming back tonight. Uh, I don't know how well they will gel or if that will be an issue. So I've got Dallas coming out of the West, and I've got Brooklyn over Philadelphia, over the Seventy Sixers in the East, uh, and also Brooklyn. Brooklyn isn't. 
absolute juggernaut right now. They are playing out of their minds. I don't think anybody's going to stop them in the East. Honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Philly will be able to give them a run. But um, one thing that kind of made me favor them, obviously having the big three of Durant, Irving, and Harden. I mean, you're out, talent-wise, you're going to put them above quite a few teams but plus joe harris who is no no shrink in his own right right and blake griffin who's getting old but he can still yoke on people he he, every night i mean he's i mean that's a that's a five right there that's just unbeatable he's gotten a little bit of a rejuvenation in brooklyn i saw you know when he when he uh was in detroit he had zero dunks this season and when he he got he moved to brooklyn he's got 19 so far so yeah, he. Yeah, it definitely helps go from a situation in Detroit where you know you're not going to make the playoffs, or you might, you know, be a lower seed in that Eastern Conference. Uh, but going, you know, going to Brooklyn and and playing with those guys, as we mentioned, as as you said, they've got uh, terrific role players as well. Spencer Denwitty's not even healthy, uh, but I think, I think, the fact that. Ir- Irving, Harden, and Durant have only played eight games this year together because they've all been hurt. You know, Durant's been out. Yeah. Uh, and Irving's, you know, missed a few games, you know, with COVID protocols because he went he went to that par- party or that fundraiser or whatever <laughs> the hell he did. Uh, so, But they've only played eight games together. So I think now they're starting – they're going to have time to finally gel. And ta- talent-wise, you know, as I mentioned – you know, they're, they're just going to be above. So I, I've got, I've got uh, Brooklyn out of the East. And I, and I think, I think they're going to beat Dallas. I think they're going to, they're going to win the whole thing. So yeah. uh, first year head coach, Steve Nash, right. Uh, a lot of people said, well, this, I mean, you know, this is really easy for him to step into that situation to have three and not even three all-stars, three MVP caliber players on your team, coach those guys up, but you got to say, you know, there's only one ball and, and they, they've made it work so far. So I think they're going to mm-hmm. go into pay it off uh, for Brooklyn. What, what are your, what are your thoughts? So I'll be, I'll be short and sweet with it. Brooklyn out of the East. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. I, I think it's definitely gonna be Philly and Brooklyn in the conference finals. I think they're going to go probably six games. Philly is going to put up a fight, but it's, Brooklyn's just going to be way too strong for him. Brooklyn out of the East, and, you know, it's hard. It's hard to go against playoff LeBron. He just goes he, – he gets into a whole new level. AD's getting healthy. Their whole team's just kicking on another gear. They always do in the playoffs. I think it's going to be them and Dallas. I agree. I like Dallas, too. I like, I like Luka. I like everybody around him. That They just gel well together. I think it's going to be those two in the conference. And that's going to be a tight, tight one there. But I got to go with my guy, LeBron. I got to. I think it's going to be the Lakers versus Brooklyn in the finals. As much as I hate to do it because I cannot stand Kevin Durant, I think Brooklyn's going to take it. I, I think it's going to go probably seven games. It's going to be a hell of, hell of a series. But I got to go with Brooklyn, man. Got to go with Brooklyn. They're, looking, they're just looking too damn good. I don't think anybody can beat them. So first – breakdown of sports on this podcast we are agreeing on who the champion is. <laughs> what the hell how about that how well, about i mean that? it's gotta be of course it's a sport that neither of us watch a whole lot until, right. the, until the very end but right. i mean i keep up to date 
And I just know, and I do, I do love Kyrie. I've always loved Kyrie. He started in Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland fan, so I've always loved him, but I just, I can't stand Durant. So as much as it hurts me to say it, and I'm not going to be rooting for them, but I think they're going to win. LeBron is another guy that has been vocal about the uh, play-in tournament, saying how stupid it is. Now, I don't know if that's because they ended up sliding to the seven spot, so they had to play in it. Uh, You know, they kind of fell off with with injuries. You know, Davis and James wore out for, you know, quite a bit of the year, so they ended up sliding to that seven spot. Uh, But obviously uh, are taking on the uh, two-seed uh, Phoenix Suns in that series is currently tied one to one, headed back to uh, to LA. Uh, are there are there any other thoughts on the uh, NBA uh, popping up in your brain? No, man. I think at, that's enough talking to the NBA. It's hard to talk a lot of NBA, you know, <laughs> until it gets like the finals. Yeah, yeah. The conference finals. It's just there's so many games in one night. It's hard right. to keep up. I think we should move on to the talk a little bit about the NHL NHL playoffs and God, does it suck to be a blues fan right now? It does. You know, I, <laughs> I, I honestly, I did. I like when I was doing, you know, notes trying to get ready for this, this podcast, you know, nothing, nothing about them really popped into my head. I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people expected, you know, them to, to make it, very far to no i mean the avalanche are an absolute juggernaut there's no way (laughs) i would have beaten them i I wanted to give the blues a game and you know i thought they they could probably you know steal a game but yeah you're right i mean the the avalanche just have another gear i mean it it was uh it kind of it was just interesting watching them you know it felt like every time that they were on the power play that they were going to score and the blues just you know had no of course before was it was a game game two or the game game three one of those games you know we had uh COVID issues just the testing came back inconclusive for for a pair of those teams and yeah uh, we ended up having to play some some mixed d pairings and it, it just it just didn't go well so i think you know this off season um they'll have to make a few changes but we'll see how that goes but yeah uh, back to the current teams that are still alive in it. Uh, I know we've got uh, a few games going on tonight, the Penguins and the Islanders, uh, the, the Lightning and the Panthers, and the uh, the Knights and the Wild. I um, believe the Islanders already won. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They beat the Penguins 3-2. 3-2 in the series. Islanders move on. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think um, – uh, I was I was just kind of looking at at each matchup and and thinking you know again kind of like we did like we said for NBA you know who who's moving on what what, what are your thoughts on uh, on who the favorites are and what what do you have Yeah, so I believe in the finals, it's going to be whoever gets out of our division, so either the Avalanche or Vegas. Mm-hmm. Those two are just the whoever whoever gets out of that. There's our, our conference was so hard this year. We had easily two of the best teams and the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. I think whoever gets out of there is gonna be in the finals. I'm going with the Avalanche. Like I said, they're a juggernaut. I don't think anybody can beat them. McKinnon's on a whole nother level right now. You, nobody can catch him, nobody can keep up with his scoring. 
Uh, let's see, out of the, I believe it's the Southern. Yeah, you, you got to remember, you know, all the, the new alignment. The Yeah, I know it's hard to remember who's in what. I believe yeah. it was the Southern. It's with all the yeah. Florida teams. I got the Lightning coming out of there. The Canadians. I'm gonna have to go with the Maple Leafs. They're looking too good. Yeah, yeah, they're up three one in that series currently. I mean, the Jets did sweep the Oilers, but I don't know if they can keep up with the Maple Leafs. And then I hate, I hate to do it because I hate this team, and I don't want to have to hear Mateo say anything about it. But Boston's coming out of there. They're looking good. I mean, they easily handled the Capitals. In the finals, I believe it'll be – obviously, it's going to be all mixed up around. Everything's getting re-seeded right. after they get out of there. But I think it's going to be Avalanche and Lightning. I think Lightning are going back for it. And then I got Avalanche taking it all. It's going to be a good fight from the Tampa Bay Lightning, but that's, I, Avalanche are too good right now. Too good. So, so just like the NBA, we're not – I, I, we're close. I mean, we're, we're, uh, I've got T- a Tampa Bay and Vegas, uh, Stanley cup with, uh, Vegas can get there. They can. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think I, that, that I think the series, uh, between them and the avalanche kind of, as you spoke on, will be one, it'll be one hell of a series. I mean, oh, yeah. all, all these, all, all the, all these games are, are super fun. I think, uh, and I have a question on my mind that I, I want to, pose in a second that might, might be a little bit off topic but i think it'll be an interesting kind of discussion but uh back, back to my thoughts i think uh it'll be a tampa bay vegas stanley cup with i, I think tampa bay back to back uh, well i think it's tough to do i i think uh they've played the whole year without nikita kucherov one of their be- better players and he's mm-hmm. come back this postseason he's got like nine points in five games made uh, such an impact and and kind of on that uh, series with them in Florida, um, there was some controversy between him and uh, Anthony Duclair. You know, they had a little uh, slash at the end of the game. I think it was like six to two, Tampa Bay was up and Tampa Bay obviously felt like it was a cheap shot, you know, on a player that just came back off of a, a hip surgery. And, uh, but he, he played uh, last night and, and seems to be fine, but I think him being back just gives them a whole nother dimension. We talk about how successful the Avalanche power play is. I mean, their their power play is, is up there on that level as well. So I think Tampa Bay, as hard as it is, they're just too talented. Yeah, I think it'll be them in Vegas. Um, it'll be fun, I, uh, which kind of brings me to my question that I wanted to ask you just kind of off the top of my head thinking about it what is your uh, favorite sports play playoff to watch if, if that makes sense do you yeah, that makes sense I, oh that's a mm, that's a tough one that's a dad, damn i not think cancel 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 nba out like i said just just too many games too hard to keep track of yeah. big seven game series with seven teams from each conference MLB. It's hard to also keep track of because there's so many goddamn games in a season. Right. It's, it's gotta be between NHL and NFL. Now growing up, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I just, I didn't have a hockey team. 
I was never even a hockey fan until I went to St. Louis, went to school out there. I mean, I went and watched a couple minor league Cyclones games when I was younger, but just didn't really become a fan of hockey until I got out there. And then I found the love for it. So I'm going to have to go with my born and bred NFL playoffs. The excitement, the obviously one game, there's no series, it's one game, do or die. Not that many games to watch. You can watch basically every single one and just sit there and enjoy it for a whole couple of weeks. And I just, you got to love it. I got to go NFL. What about you? You know, that, that's interesting about the the one game. I mean, I, it, it's it's obvious, right? You got a series and you got one game, but it's all on the line. Right? It's good I mean, and bad. Yeah, I, I mean, anything can happen in any playoff. You know, one shot here or there changes changes the whole game, the whole series. But in NBA or NHL, you have the opportunity to come back the next night unless, you know, you, you get the, the four wins or, or, or what have you. Uh, so the one game, you know, does make it more, I think, on the edge of your seat. But I think in terms of live play, I, I'd have to go NHL. I, I feel like. Yeah, the I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I feel like the 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 crowd, no, no matter what, uh, if you're talking MLB, NFL, NHL, the crowd plays a huge, huge role, which it, that's. Also, another thing I'm noticing, too, is like ha- having fans back. You're definitely starting to notice it now. Like teams are starting to, you know, get obviously not to full capacity. Hopefully that'll happen soon. Um, but you're starting to see, you know, 9,000 fans or 6,000 fans make that impact of, hey, this is our home ice or this is our oh, home field. Oh, fans are a huge impact. Man. Oh, for sure. Absolutely huge impact. And I'd have to agree. Honestly, I'd have to agree. I've been to basically every major sports game, a live game, and NHL's got to be the most fun to watch. I mean, it's just fast-paced, yeah. skating around, you're hitting people, you're slapping that little tiny puck, super high speeds. I mean, it's just it's so fun to watch. You can't beat it. And I, I think, you know, even in the playoffs, it's just com- oh yeah, put completely ramped up on another level. You see more, you know, Harder hits, more, uh, you know, rougher play, more more intense play. Tenacity, I would have given everything, anything to be at one of the playoff games for the Blues run to the Stanley Cup a couple years. Oh ago. yeah, when they I were mean, in those when they were in those final few games, I was already home for the summer, and it was I would have done anything to be there for one of those games because that oh my god, the atmosphere that I was just watching on TV was incredible. Being that's my team, I mean, I just yeah, I, I would have given oh, anything yeah. to be there. Would have given anything. I can tell you, I mean, it, it was it was just an absolute blast to watch, obviously, just and then being able to pull it out. But uh, mm-hmm. my my brother and I were 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 so superstitious during that. My so we had, at our house we have like a like a back patio with a you know TV and whatnot, and uh, my parents would would watch every game out there, and they and my parents would ask my brother and I, hey, like, do we want to come outside to watch the games? And my brother and I would be like, no way. Like we like we've <laughs> like we've watched every single game inside and here together. And that's how we're staying. So you want to hear something funny? Last game of the series. Probably six minutes left in the game. My goddamn cable goes out. No way. And they're flipping out. I am losing my mind, running around the house, getting on my phone, like, holy shit, holy shit. I'm freaking out. I'm gonna miss the entire ending of this game. And I think, you know what? I'm like, oh shit. 
my camper's outside right now. We haven't taken to our campground yet. I run my ass outside of the camper, turn the power on, flip the cable on. It's got its own dish, baby. Turn that game on. There's like three minutes left. I'm sitting there in the camper. My dad texts me. He's like, where are you at? Where are you at? I was like, I'm out in the goddamn camper. I'm not missing the end of this game. Right, right. He goes, the cable's back on. I was like, I don't care. I am staying yeah. out here in my own little ball. I'm sitting out there screaming my head off. My neighbors could probably hear me freaking out. What the hell is going on in this kid's camper? I, I was not missing it, but yeah, like not even, I think it was like six minutes left. My damn cable goes out. I'm flipping, absolutely flipping out. thinking I'm going to miss into this finally, the final Stanley Cup game when the Blues win. I was, oh, I would have lost my mind. You, using the resources available. Could you imagine though, like you, you just obviously found this whole game, this whole series, the whole season and boom, out. Like, oh my, I wouldn't even know what to do. But, I, I, I mean, I guess, cried myself to sleep. Yeah, kudos <laughs> to you for thinking on your feet and, and uh, bringing home a win, I guess, yeah. you know. It, it was, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was just great. Obviously, uh, you know, our first, first ever uh, Stanley mm-hmm. Cup championship. And hopefully, hopefully uh, soon we can get back there. So, yeah. Um, All right. Enough blabbing on about the past. Yeah. Let's go, let's go in the past, but a little, little more recent now we've had time for the draft to settle rookies are signing otas are starting everything's getting the ball rolling let's talk a little nfl draft baby talking about the future as well the future of oh, yes, sir. Uh, the nfl so um, so the first thing we're going to talk about biggest picks biggest picks in round one we don't want to go all the way through all, all the rounds i would say forever yeah, so I, I want to hear what. What do you think the biggest picks of round one were to you? I think, I think the best pick of the first round that that just comes to my off the top of my head it, it has to be Justin Fields. Uh, I, I love it. I think for him for him to be available at eleven for the Bears to move up from twenty two. 11th to get him to know that now now I know you mentioned in the intro how how you love Andy Dalton how you love the the Bengals the Red Rifle uh, a lot of people can't see it but you've got his bittersweet the, bittersweet you got the jersey you got the jersey on the night I do I am um, wearing my Andy Dalton jersey loud and proud so uh, they for them to to make a move like that and to realize hey you know this guy you know future pro bowl he was t- the most underrated qb in that draft hands down the most underrated qb i personally think he's gonna be better than trevor lawrence hot take maybe really? but i think he's gonna be better than trevor lawrence that might be a little biased because you know go bucks but i i just do i do i have and i'm not the only one who said it i've heard it from multiple other analysts saying that he's underrated he's gonna be the best out of this draft he's got a strong arm he's mobile He's got a good head on his shoulders, doesn't make a whole lot of stupid decisions, and he is a tough son of a bitch. If you watch some of those games, the one game where he got absolutely destroyed and came back in with basically broken ribs. Yeah. To come in there, and I mean, it was – he is a tough son of a bitch. I think he's going to be incredible. The Bears getting – moving up to get him, I think that's a statement, honestly. I think it's a statement. They're ready to go with him. It's bittersweet because, like you said, I do love Andy Dalton – the red rifle, he's my guy, but I think I think Andy's gonna start 
maybe two games, and then Justin's going to come in, and it's going to be history from there. I think he's going to take the franchise back to the storied past that it was before. He's got some good weapons around him. They could use some improvements on the on the receiving end, but I think it's good enough that, I mean, he's he's going to be special. The other major picks, obviously, there was five QBs taken in the first round. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, plain and simple, he's the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck. That's what everybody's saying. That's that's a lot of pressure on him, but I think he's got a good he's got a good foundation around him. He's got a new head coach, and my guy, my favorite college coach of all time, Urban Meyer. I think that's going to be a great pairing. They've played against each other multiple times. I think Urban's going to know exactly how to mold that offense around Trevor. I think I think he's going to be all right. He got ETN with him in the first round, so keep that pairing together. I, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be just fine. What do you think about that? I I think anytime you go number one, there's going to be pressure on you no matter what. Oh yeah, um, you got to live up to it. Yeah, you do. And this is this is a guy that uh, has never lost in the regular season, you know, since he got the, he never lost in the regular season in high school, never lost in the regular season at Clemson. He's going to lose in the NFL. And, and, you know, obviously that's to be expected for any team, you know, that's why they're picking at number one. Uh, But he, he will have the greatest opportunity. Obviously he will start from day one. Yeah. And like you said, he, he does have, you know, decent, uh, decent players around him, DJ Chark. And, you know, they hope to use ETN more kind of like in a Percy Harvin type role. I wasn't so sold, I guess, or thrilled with the ETN pick. I thought it was a solid. I did not like it. I thought it was an okay pick, but for a team picking at number one, you know that, you know that they have holes. and. You'd, you'd argue that running back was probably their strongest position yeah, last James year. Robinson James Robinson. For, yeah. He we're going to talk about him later, but yeah, he was an absolute stud. He was incredible. I mean, it sucks and, for him. Yeah. So, so what, and then they, they signed uh, Carlos Hyde as well. Mm-hmm. So now they've got, Which I, don't, I don't think he's going to be a threat to anybody. I think he's more of a locker room guy and get helping these young guys out. James Robinson, Travis Etienne, obviously rookie and, Second year guy, the, Carlos Hyde's more of a signing to be like their mentor and help them improve in their game. I, I do, I do, I do agree, and I think, but I think he'll get reps every once in a while. So I, but yeah, I think it'll, I think it will, maybe crowd the running back room a little bit more. Yes, I, I agree with you. They do probably need a mentor in there, and he he's a veteran guy, obviously. But you know, back to kind of what I was saying, I I just know that they you know, have more needs than what they uh, – than taking ETN with their second pick in the first round. And after the draft, you know, Urban Meyer said they wanted to, you know, grab Kadarius Tony out of Florida, the wide receiver out of Florida, and, and obviously he went number 20 to the Giants. Uh, so, you know, yeah. they weren't able to get that. And uh, But, yeah, that, I mean, talking about uh, worse picks, I, I think that that's up there for me. It's just the, I, I the, fit, agree. the yeah. fit and the need just, just wasn't there. Yeah, I'll run through these other QBs, just short and sweet. Zach Wilson, obviously, number two overall to the Jets. I think he's going to be a starter. I just I think he's going to have struggles because, obviously, he didn't have a whole lot of competition in college. 
didn't very, play very many big name schools and just he's a smaller guy he's babyface I think he'll be all right he's in a he's in a tough city tough team to start with being as young as he is being at the Jets and being in New York but we'll see how that goes Trey Lance number three overall to the 49ers I think this is going to be more of a grooming case Garoppolo's with our guy he's going to start I think Trey Lance is just going to be a Kind of like an Aaron Rodgers under Brett Favre situation. Just be the next guy up as soon as Garoppolo's done. And then real quick on him, I, I think he's the most dynamic dynamic yep. player yep. in the draft. He is. He is. He, he's not I, I guess as polished as Fields, right? I mean, he only played one game this year, but a lot of people are you know comparing him to Mahomes with the way he can use his legs and his mm-hmm. arm as well. So I think he's the most dynamic player in the draft, but as you stated, you know, this is a, a grooming situation. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it'll take a year or two for him to uh, to completely take over. But yeah, I, I he's do. He's young. He is very young. I, I he's, only, he's only, what, 20? I want to say 21. Yeah, he, he's he's a very young guy. I don't know that his age off the top of my head. But uh, the, I, I do remember uh, the North Dakota uh, State coaches and, and 49ers saying, you know, they, they loved just how smart he was, you know, able to – you know, decipher playbooks and, and talk about plays. And uh, so I think, you know, look for him down the line to maybe have the biggest impact, I guess, out of this draft class, not right away, uh, obviously, but I, I think he'll be a special player. Yeah. And then finally, Mac Jones, the Patriots. I think everybody saw this coming. Everybody thought they were going to move up to get him. Luckily he fell to them somehow, some way, but I mean, he's a perfect fit for Bill. He's not an exact copy of Tom Brady, but he's basically a Tom Brady 2.0, not a very mobile quarterback, likes to stay in the pocket, throws good passes, very accurate. Um, I mean, he's he's perfect for Bill. I think think he's going to be done with Cam Newton. I think Cam is going to start the few first games, but he's going to start screwing up. He's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. And I think by at least halfway through the season, Mac Jones is going to be starting for the Patriots. Other big picks, obviously Kyle Pitts of the Falcons once in a blue moon tight end prospect like that. I mean, he's kind of unreal. And then a couple big pieces that happened were three wide receivers going and pairing with their old college quarterbacks, which is something that you don't usually see happening. That no. might be pretty interesting to watch in the coming months in training in the first few games, which obviously was Jamar Chase with my guy Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddle with Tua, and Devontae Smith going to the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Who, I think that'll, who, that'll be really fun to watch, honestly. Who out of those three pairings do you think will ha- will trans? Obviously, they all translated in college, right? They were all freaking studs. That's why they're first round picks. Who who out of those three do you think uh, translates the best to the NFL? I mean, and you can't, you can't say, I was just gonna say <laughs> this is a very all right, so biasly and unbiasedly gotta go Jamar Jalen Waddle. I, I don't believe in Tua I just from what I saw last year I, just, I don't I don't think he's gonna work out I, I have my issues with Tua Jalen Hurts I think he's good but I think he's more of a run first and throw kind of QB, which is going to hurt Devontae. Devontae is more of a deep threat, big game, big play kind of player, which mm-hmm. Jalen, I mean, you don't really see him doing that a whole lot. And Jamar Chase, 
he's going back with Joe Burrow, who those two helped help make the the best QB, um, sorry, the best college QB season ever for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's taking over all the targets from AJ Green, which granted was not a lot, but and he's being that main big guy running through the middle wide receiver mm-hmm. that's going to allow T Higgins and Tyler Boyd to go to their respective positions. Tyler is going to be mainly in the slot, which is what he's been his entire career before he was the number one option. T Higgins is going to be more of a deep threats, big play kind of guy, which is perfect for him. And I think Jamar is going to slide in there perfectly, take over that wide receiver one position. And I just think him and, him and Joe are going to mess just as well as they did in college. And I, I just think they're going to, they're going to take off running and shoot to the moon this first season. It's going to be fun to watch, especially for me being a diehard Bengals fan, baby. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that wide receiver class was absolutely loaded. Oh, it was uh, unreal. Off the top I, of my I head. Last year was going to be a big yeah, one, but this one they came in and just blew them out of the water. Off the top of my head, I, I don't know the number of how many were taken in the first round, but I know it's at least five or six. Um, yeah. I think so, too, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'll it'll be fun to see those guys. That's that's a good point, to see those yeah. guys back together just to see, you know, how, how they do in the NFL. And, and it's like going cool. to be a cool competition between them, too, to see which yeah. pairing does the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for sure. Talking offensive weapons, let's talk a little – a little something we both love to do. Some of us are better at it than others. <coughs> cough, cough. Let's talk a little fantasy. Fantasy football. It's a big deal. Everybody loves it. Everybody yeah. hates it. Yeah. I want to hear what, who are your both, both. I want to hear what this is non rookies. I want to hear current NFL players that are being affected. Who are a couple winners that you think are coming out of this draft or coming out of winners? So picking up players that are going to help them or, not picking up players who are going to hurt them. Who are a couple winners in your eyes after this draft and fantasy wise? Hmm. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think, uh, well, I wanted to, I wanted to say Matt Ryan, obviously after picking up, okay. picking up uh, Kyle Pitts and having Julio, but then after hearing the, <laughs> the news about Julio yeah. saying he's done in, in Atlanta, you know, I, I initially thought Kyle Pitts for me was going to have the, he, he it, we, we talk about doing a dynasty draft, right. With our fraternity brothers yep. being, doing the, being the first year of a dynasty draft. Uh, and I, I don't know if I want to give this away to you, but I think, I think, I think Kyle Pitts, would be just a fantastic player to have on your dynasty team. I, I think top three tight you, you end. Could, you kind of talk, touched on it. It, it. He's just like once in a generational type tight end. I, I think the highest ever drafted tight end. I mean, this guy, tra- like a Travis, you can line him up as a receiver. He's like a receiver, you know, but just he's, he's built like an ox, you yeah, know. I uh, so I, I, I would say probably Matt Ryan until, in, until they lose Julio, probably probably later in the off season, right? Yeah, yeah I think it's gonna be a week, a couple of weeks until he's gone. He's he's not gonna last. I mean, he went no. on to the show with Shannon Sharp and basically he said he's just done. Said blatantly, he's done. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah. And and I think 
uh, somebody we kind of talk touched on this every year. It was another opportunity for the Packers to take <laughs> to take a wide receiver to maybe tell let Aaron Rodgers know, hey, maybe you should stay here. And, and who he's knows, gone, man? He's who gone. knows? He he could stay, but he he again, he's another guy that he didn't come out and really say it as blatantly as Julio did. He said, you know, it's been a great 16 years or whatever. And, and, you know, sometimes you just, it is, you know, it's not the right fit or whatever he said. It was another opportunity. We talked, we kind of touched on it earlier, how deep of a wide receiver draft class this was, you know, in the first round, even Elijah Moore at 34. Uh, I thought he would pick way higher than where he was. Was a fantastic pick. I mean, there, there were wide receivers falling off trees in this draft and, they now they went with a corner, which obviously after the NFC championship game with uh, them getting beat the way they did, you know, Scotty Miller beating them at halftime and, you know, obviously giving up all those points to, uh, to Brady and, and falling the way they did. They needed to address corner, uh, but they need a, another re- receiver outside of Devonte Adams and, and I feel yeah. like they failed. They could have, I, you know, picked Rashad Bateman. They could have picked Elijah Moore, and they they didn't pick I, any. I don't I don't know what that front office is doing, but yeah, they they got to figure something out, man. They yeah. have to. I mean, something's going on there. A couple of the the winners I had jotted down here were, again, very biasly here, but my guy Joe Burrow, right, picked up his 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 buddy from college, put more hey. weapons around him. I think he has every weapon that he needs besides a like a franchise stud tight end. I think they have every weapon that he needs to make that an absolutely prolific, outstanding offense. I mean, I think he's, I think fantasy-wise, he was on track last year to just break records as a rookie until he got hurt. I think he is just going to take that next leap this next year. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's very surprising here that I'm going to be shooting to draft him in every single league I'm in. And he, he called it before the draft, right? He told, he yeah. told Jamar to pack his bags. And, yeah, and, he did. Yeah. He, so, he got uh, his way. He talked. Yeah. He, I, I love that about him. I love that. He, yeah. he calls his shots. He talks to the front office. He's a leader. That's who he is. Yeah. A couple of winners. I had uh, Jalen Hurts. The Eagles, obviously, everybody thought they might draft a QB in the first round. They didn't. That's a big win for Jalen. That mean, that mean That's basically saying that he's their guy. Instead, they picked up wide receiver that he was somebody to help with, him who he's familiar yeah. with yeah. he's a stud i think that's going to help him tremendously i think he's going to be a fantastic fantasy qb this next coming year i had the bears wide receivers these past two years poor Allen robinson oh yeah anthony miller they just they couldn't get anything going especially mm-hmm. Allen robinson is a more aged guy rather than darnell and anthony he just never had a weapon there yeah i mean Bisky and Nick Foles, they just sucked for them. They could not get anything going with those receivers. They sucked to have on your roster if you had them as a fantasy wide receiver. But now they finally got their guy. They got Justin Fields. They got someone who can throw them the ball accurately and just get the ball rolling. I think they are going to be helped tremendously. And lastly, I had Sam Darnold. Okay. Surprise, but... He's going to a new team, uh-huh. very new offense, very new everything. He's finally going to have actual weapons around him with McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, 
they just picked up Dan Arnold, who, I mean, eh, but he's he's better right. than what he had. Yeah, right, right. And they drafted more people. They drafted Terrence Marshall. They drafted a new tight end who I think was sparsely over un, underrated in Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I watched Notre Dame because obviously they're an area, and I've I, a lot of people around here like Notre Dame, so I just naturally watch them because I mean they're they're fun to watch. And I think Tommy Trimble is vastly underrated. Yeah, and they picked up Jabba Hubbard too to play under McCaffrey, who obviously had his injury and health problems. So having Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, sorry, I can't yeah. say his name, but I think having him underneath McCaffrey to run, it's do or die for Sam Arnold right now, honestly. It's do or die. He's finally got weapons. He's got a new team. He's out of the cancer that is the New York Jets. I personally think he's going to be a winner. I I, I think he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a good quarterback. He's finally got weapons. I think he's going to take that next leap to – finally become a fantasy winner and and that that was kind of my thought like on your point that you were making just and you kind of answered it i guess now is just is is he a long long long-term answer there it's it's a one-year deal right so like i said it's a do or die it's a make or break is he a long-term answer at quarterback i believe he is i believe he's got what it takes i personally do i want to hear who do you think is a big loser out of this draft? I only have two. I only had two that I can think of. There wasn't many losers. Yeah. I think the draft went very well for most fantasy options. Yeah. But can you think of any big losers coming out of this draft? Just kind of looking through the draft, like you said, I, I feel like, you know, there, there might have been some head-scratching picks along the way. But, you know, n- nobody really went like like out of left field. Like, who, who yeah. the fuck is that? You know, like, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I think the biggest one is going to be James Robinson. It has to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And last year he was, he was the sole back in that backfield getting every single carry yeah. and now having ETN and Hyde coming in there. I mean, Hyde obviously isn't the draft related, but ETN coming in there, stealing some of his targets, yeah. some of his receptions. He's, I think a beating it's which sucks for him sucks for any dynasty players who had him last year picked him up off the waiver wire because obviously we're gonna draft him in the, fan, yeah. in the initial drafts yep it sucks for him and then the other one that i had was it's kind of an outlier i had to i had to think about this one pretty hard because i mean like i said i think everybody did pretty well drafting was cam newton he he had his problems last year with health. He's getting old. He's, he's getting rusty. I mean, he can barely, he can still run short little gains on the goal line, but he can't mm-hmm. run those big gains like he used to. He can't really throw anymore. I think that he's going to start a few games and then he's either going to get hurt or he's going to piss off Bill enough mm-hmm. that Mac Jones is kind of going to come in there and take his job. He's going to have that thought in the back of his head that Mac is just sitting behind him, breathing down his neck, ready to take that job. And I think it's just going to get to him, and he's he's going to suck. <laughs> so he's the only other loser I could really think of. My my overall thought, just like teams wise, teams losing, like just like who had a you know not a great draft, and this is fairly obvious, right? Because I think there'll be a loser for years to come. It's just the Houston Texans. Yep, I knew that I, was going. <laughs> I mean, because they had what four picks? Because Bill O'Brien just completely absolute trash oh, man just yeah. just uh th- through through the whole franchise to the ground and then what you do have left is the sean watson 
who is now up in the air. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Who knows where that's going to go? And if even if he is gone, he's got no trade value now because everybody's worried about all the allegations surrounding him and, and whatnot. So they've they got no receivers. They have no, no they've got nobody they with nothing. And, and their first, their first pick in the third round was a quarterback. Yep. <laughs> and who I personally think is probably going to take over that starting position before the end of the year. Cause the only other person that got there is Tyrod Taylor and yeah. Ryan Finley, who yeah. has nothing to be excited oh, about. They, they, they've got an absolute mess. Uh, yeah. And one more thing back on the on the Patriots, you mentioned Cam Newton. Uh, I know Julio has said that he wants to play with Cam. He wants to play with Cam Newton. Julio Jones wants to play with Cam Newton. Uh, Welcome to retirement, then. Do you? So you think you think Mac Jones will take over? Oh yeah. After 100%. what four, four games? I'll give five, him, I'll, give him four, I'm, I'm, I'll say four to five, and then Cam's yeah. either going to get hurt or he's going to suck enough that Bill gets pissed and just takes him out and puts Mac in. I, I give him four to five games tops. And, and and like you mentioned as well, I, I think is a uh, just a prototypical you know Bill Belichick fit. So uh, we'll see. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's it's literally almost identical to Tom Brady. It's yeah. perfect for him. Yeah, he doesn't have to change his offense at all. Just goes right back to what he used to know. No, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I, I think, uh, you know, th- this draft was def- definitely interesting because of the intrigue. You usually, usually, you kind of know who the first couple picks are going to be, and and, and we kind of did for, for this year. It kind of came one and out. Two. You know, one and two, you know, we knew. Yeah, three but that, that's what I'm saying. It, it the the intrigue started at three. You know, they could have taken they could have taken Mac Jones themselves. They could have taken. Justin Fields, they could have taken Trey Lance, and they took Trey Lance, obviously. So, so the intrigue in this entire draft started at three, and you know, me, me and my coworkers, you know, did did a mock draft, and you know, just to see who could rack up, you know, the the most amount of points. And of course, another thing where I finished in last place. <laughs> uh, but my oh, my. Uh, my mock my mock draft kind of fell apart at five. You know, I had Panay Sewell going to the Bengals. And that that's another thing I wanted to say is I, I think I, I said uh, Trey Lance might be the most uh, dynamic. I think uh, uh, Justin Fields might have the most uh, impact. But I think Panay Sewell, I think he's like, I think he's I got Hall of Fame potential. Like, yeah, he's gonna he come in he and he's gonna obviously start. He's gonna help protect uh, Jared Goff as him and uh, Matt Ryan kind of, or Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford rather, uh, got traded in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I, I mean I think that's a that was a great pick at seven. Uh, but yeah, yeah and let me now let me defend my guys. Everybody was just shitting on the Bengals for not taking that level of a. Of a tackle, uh, and they're, they're, everybody was saying he's like the next Anthony Munoz, who obviously was a Bengal. But let me say, for non-Bengals fans, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, the Bengals will be just fine on the offensive line. They picked up a couple people in the draft that are going to help and get depth in the position. Their biggest thing was they had they had the players there; they had them ready to go. 
We had problems with injuries. We had problems with young guys not being developed. We had an absolute dog water piece of shit offensive line coach that was terrible, did not know how to get those young guys going, did not know how to work with them to make them better, could not put together a good offensive line. Jim Turner is gone, praise the Lord, because he was terrible. We got Frank Pollock back, who everybody says is the offensive line whisperer. We picked up Bradley Reef. We have all of our players coming back healthy. We have Pollock working with those young guys, finally developing them, getting them ready. As of right now, our starting line is left tackle Jonah Williams. I believe he's third, yeah, third year. He's had problems with injuries. But when he was playing, he was pretty damn good. And that was with Turner, who was absolutely dog shit. When he's got Pollock behind him, helping him develop, he's got Riley Reef, a veteran, coming in, helping him develop. I think Jonah Williams is going to be just fine. And then, obviously, Riley Reef is starting at right tackle with our, I believe it was seventh-round draft pick, Deontay Smith, and last year's draft pick, Hakeem Adenji, on his heels, making him stay young, stay healthy. Everything's going right. At guards, we have Xavier Suofilo, who I believe played like three games last year, being hurt every other one. And then our second-round pick, Jackson Carmen, And our center, Trey Hopkins, who played most of those games last year in – was actually pretty damn good. He just got overshadowed by all of the rest of our terrible line players. But if we can stay healthy, we have the players, we have the talent, and now we finally have a good offensive line coach, we will be just fine. I personally believe that Jamar Chase was the best pick that we could have taken to help push this offense over the edge. So for all you non-Bengals fans, quit freaking out. Quit telling us we're dog shit for taking Jamar Chase. It was a fantastic pick. The Bengals offensive line is going to be much, much, much better next year. So shut the fuck up. Quit. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I hate it. I don't want to hear it. Let's go, Bengals. That's all I got to say. All right. They, thank <laughs> my rant you. is over. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for uh, coming to my TED Talk. Anyway. God, dude, I, mean, <laughs> I have to hear it all the time. I hate it. It pisses me off. You, you I had to rant a little bit there. You, you mentioned the solid offensive line coach on the coaching tree, coaching talk. Is Zach Taylor on the hot seat? Oh, 100%. I mean, that is a no-brainer. If he can't produce, I'd say, at least five to six wins this year, it's, it's going to be tough to keep him. Fans of Cincinnati are already calling for his head because he's had – enough years to, I mean, he's obviously he hasn't had the talent around him, but second year with Joe Burrow, he's got enough talent around him. His Our defense is getting much, much better. Lou Anarumo, he's, I think he's a stud. I think he's not going to be around much longer before he gets a, a head coach job, but Zach Taylor, I mean, he's pushing it, man. He's pushing it. If he can't produce this year, Paul Brown's not the kind of guy to get rid of people, but yeah. I, I, yeah, he's he's on the hot seat. I mean, he's – I think he's 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 goner if he doesn't produce something. But enough Bengals talk. I'll sit here talking about that for hours and hours and hours. The next thing we got on the draft is I want to hear who you think will have the biggest initial fantasy impact from the rookie class. So that's who's going to be a huge fantasy output contender from these rookies coming in. Who do you, you think is going to have the biggest impact? 
starting out? I already kind of mentioned it earlier. I, th- I mean, I think it's uh, fair, not not fairly obvious because you, you could pr- you could go one of the quarterbacks. You you go Trevor Lawrence, you know, just because of the volume. Yeah, I mean, I mean, three out of three out of the five quarterbacks are going to be starters. So I mean, they'll obviously yeah, be just just due to the volume you, that yeah. you know that they're going to get. But I think, yeah, but other than the quarterbacks, who you got? I, I think the most talented is Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's no question about it. I think you put him in a situation with. Yeah. Yep. With uh, with Matt Ryan, solid quarterback, obviously former uh, former MVP. Uh, you get him, Julio, uh, outside. That's you a could, lot of yeah. Oh well, Julio's gone. That's a well, lot of well, targets up for grabs. Well, and that's I mean that's another thing. It it, it could benefit to have him there. It could benefit yeah. for him to be gone because he's going to get more reps. He's going to get it's more targets. Really just going to be him and Ridley. <laughs> yeah, I, I and good thing you mentioned Calvin Ridley because I I mean I kind of. You know, he he kind of flies under the radar with all the Julio mm-hmm. talk going on. But yeah, I think I think uh Kyle Pitts and I think another thing or another player, maybe it, it Najee Harris. Those are my two I had too. Because yeah. those are because uh James Conner's gone. Uh Benny Snell, you think that you know, first round pick and Najee Harris would get every opportunity to oh, take Najee's, Najee's gonna be the starting back. To take to take uh easily. Yeah, to take the the starting job by the you know, by the reins and and, and, and he's just a beast. Yeah, I I'm <laughs> I think if we're talking like best fit as well, I think he he's like he's a stealer, man. He, yeah, is, he is, uh, yeah. He's a hard nosed run through everybody yeah, back. Hundred percent. The definition of the Steelers. And that, that was that was the next thing I was going to say. He is just a downhill runner, yeah. but he's also not afraid to show his athleticism and just jump right over you. So, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do this as much, but neither did James Conner. I, I think he has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think. I agree. And. and being on that offense that we know is, is hoping to still be high power with uh with Big Ben back there. Um we you know they Chase Claypool had a hell of a rookie year. Um and uh Juju's back. Uh, so I think yep, I think uh, yeah I I think uh Najee Harris not not really a sleeper but I think he's going to um I think he's gonna raise some eyebrows and I think he's gonna have a very very strong rookie season yeah and big ben he's not mobile he's gonna dump off a lot yeah if you're if yeah. you're in ppr that's just mm-hmm. that's feeding him receptions and feeding him yards <laughs> i had kyle pitts and Najee harris as my top two as well so we we agreed on that one those two are they're going to be absolute studs in the fantasy realm and, and, and that's another a good... one to throw in there i mean i've ran it on enough tonight but jamar chase yeah, he's got gonna it. come in there he's got to show him some love impact i'm gonna be picking him soon i'm gonna be picking him high that's a good point on on the dump downs. I mean, we saw that a lot with uh, yeah. with James Conner. I mean, he didn't really get a whole lot of yards off the receptions, but you know, if if they're back to pass a lot, you know, he's he's gonna get you know two three catches a game and yeah. and and if you're in PPR, I mean, that's big. Oh yeah, Those I, th- I think he, are critical. I think he could be a solid flex player for you. And I, I don't know, running back two, depending on volume, we'll have to see. You know, if he actually does get the starting job. Uh, I but, think he will. Yeah. I think. He yeah. Will. I mean, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, before we get off to the next segment, do you got anything else on this on this NFL draft? I mean, I think we've covered yeah, basically we've, everything. We, I think it was. We have, I was it was a great draft. It was fun to watch. There was excitement. There was big name picks. 
I mean, obviously there wasn't everybody there, but we actually had a live draft this year and it was fun to yeah, watch. For sure. The, the, the chair, I think was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was, yeah. that was a push. I didn't like it, but I, I thought it was a good draft. Honestly, it was, it was a good one. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, I think uh, there, there wasn't as many trades as I was anticipating. Yeah. You know, Cause like you said, I thought they, I thought the Patriots would kind of move up to get Mac Jones. They felt him. So that's a good, good for them, I guess. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought, I thought, you know, some of those teams, I thought maybe the, the uh, lions could trade down or, or, you know, something like that. And it just didn't happen. But like you said, it, it was just, it was good to have fans back to be able to watch it and to actually have a, have a draft to tune in and, uh, you know, it, it's all. I think it's it's one of the top. I think it should be a freaking holiday for, for all. You know, it's. God, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the top things. You know, everybody. I mean, really, even if you're not even a sports fan, and I guess yeah. you know, mainly, mainly you are you're gonna pay attention to it. And you're gonna know, but it's just something to look forward to. And like you said, especially this year, just you know, not really being able to have a draft uh, last year and and having the fans back. So it was yeah, fun. But I yeah. And I think that's kind of my final thought on it is just, yeah. let, let's see what these rookies do. I'm excited for, for fantasy, for NFL. And, and uh, that'll be here for, you know, it. So it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be very fun. Yeah. So let's move on last, but not least in future, hopefully we'll have some listener send-ins for questions to try to stop yeah. both. Of yeah. Us. Yeah, for sure. For right now, you are going to, you are, you've said it yourself. You know a lot about sports. I said it in the intro. So, so. these first couple of times, it's going to be me trying to stump Andrew and some sports trivia. So this first All episode, right. we got we have we have three categories. Okay, they're going to come. They're prevalent: NFL draft, which is what okay. we just talked about for a while. Uh-huh. NBA and NHL. Yeah, because those are the playoffs going. Okay, I got two questions for each. I'm going to have a timer going. I'd say, I think. 30 seconds to think about it is fair. Okay. Because, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to give you too much time. Some of them are harder. Some of them are easier. Okay. What, what do you want to start out with? I'll, I'll let you pick. I'll, I'll let you pick which one. Since, since we since we just got off the uh, the NFL draft, let, let's – let's uh, Keep it rolling? Yeah, let's keep it rolling. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep it rolling. Do with the easy one or the hard one. Let's, let's go with the easy one. Let's, 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 okay. let's get you started. Let's, you know, let's get your, get your, get your hopes up. Okay. First question for NFL draft. Three colleges lead the way and first overall draft picks with five each. Can you name one of them? There's three of them that have five each first round draft pick, first overall draft picks. Yeah. Can you name one of them? 30 seconds starts now. Hmm. I, I've got an idea. I, I mean, I think this is, Oh, it could 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 be wrong because it it almost seems too obvious, right? Uh, but my first thought was it was Alabama. Uh, you got ten seconds. Give me to get to get an answer. Think uh, about it. Five, four, three, two, one. You said I need an answer. So three, five. They, so th- they, three teams three, have yeah, five, five first overall, overall okay. draft picks. Yeah, the first overall, three teams have five of them. I need one of them. I need an answer right now. Your time is up. 
I'm gonna I'm uh I'm gonna stick with my guns. I'm gonna say Alabama, even though I I think it's too obvious. So I don't think it'll be right. I need to get myself a buzzer here or something because no, that is incorrect. Alabama is not one of them. You gotta you gotta remember it, it, Alabama wasn't always this good. The three answers are Oklahoma. I was gonna that was gonna be my next guess. USC, Oklahoma, yeah. USC and Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, those are the three. Notre, I, I would guess USC as well. Or I wouldn't have, I, UFC wouldn't surprise me. Notre Dame would be the surprising one of the group yeah, for me. But I guess all the um, the older older yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Just more sense. I mean, they've they've been around for forever. They've been you know prevalent yeah. for a long time. Well, I mean, not starting out too good here, Andrew. That was the easy well, question. At least that, I thought it was going to be. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oklahoma would have, would have been my second guess, but like I said, yeah. Alabama, Alabama almost seemed too obvious to me, uh, so that's why I, I wanted to second guess myself. All right, question number two for NFL draft. This is gonna be the harder one. Okay. So this is active players only, not retired. Not Current this is players. active players only. Okay. Which duo? So quarterback and receiver could be mm-hmm. tight end, could be wide receiver. Which duo to be drafted in the same year as the oh, most shit. touchdowns all time? Same year. And I'll say this: this is they kind they came in twelfth place in the list of most prolific scoring duos of all time. So that was I looked up the list. That was active, non-active, the most prolific scoring duos of all time. They came in twelfth. But which active players only, which duo to be drafted in the same year as the most touchdowns all time? Do, do I get like a like a conference? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I mean, they were drafted in 2011. Ooh, 2011. Dang, that's yeah, not 2011. Even, I, I thought it would be even a little uh, earlier than that because nope. – but like I said, I'm 12. It's not – Timer starts. I, I, I kind of, I kind of have an idea, but I don't about it. I don't know if they were, I don't know if they were drafted in 2011. Yeah, they'd be on the older side now. Yeah, so yeah. Think about it. They might not even be. They might not be on the same team anymore. Right. But at that one time, they were a duo. Timer's up. I need an answer. This isn't this. I don't think is right now, but because, uh. Yeah, like I said, I, I didn't even. Th- my first guess was was uh, was Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford, but I, I don't even think that they were. Uh, so you can't see my screen right now to the listeners, but I'm holding my jersey up into the camera, which is a uh, a Bengals jersey of a certain player named Andy Dalton. The so correct answer is, is Andy, Andy Dalton and AJ, AJ Green. Really? Wow. Okay. They are. F- 12th most all-time prolific scoring duos with 58 touchdowns between the two of them. And I looked it up. They were not the most of players drafted together because Dan Marino and one of his wide receivers, I cannot remember the name. It's escaping me. They were drafted in the same year, and they were, like, fourth place. But active players only, A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. A.J. Green going fourth overall. I wanted to, I wanted to look that yeah. up and just see, what, yeah. see that. The draft. That was, that was a tough one. I had to get one in there with my. It was. 
and uh, as soon as the is, I mean, I would guess AJ Green, but I, sometimes yeah. you you don't really think about Andy Dalton playing that long, you know, and being yeah, those two are so good as, together. So yeah, for good. sure. Just being those those couple years as, when they went to the playoffs, I mean, yeah. they were on un, unreal. Being as successful as you know, because yeah. you, you look at him now, he's he's still a successful quarterback, right? He he made quite a bit of money in, in Dallas, and and uh, you know, hope, hope maybe with the Bears, who knows how long he'll play. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that's a that's a great question. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I think let's do some let's do some NHL. We'll we'll work okay. our way backwards. Okay. So I got two. Both of them are more on the easier side, I'd say. Okay. So we'll start with this one. Since 2010, so that's 2010 through 2020. Yeah. Seven different teams have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Three of those teams winning multiple times. One of those three teams that have won multiple times. Yeah. Won three Stanley Cups within that span of time. Yeah. 2010 to 2020. Yeah. Which team was it that won three times? Won the Stanley Cup three times. That's pretty impressive. Between 2010 and 2020, the Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, there he yeah. goes. Finally gets one right. Yeah, I had to throw you a bone on that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Something. No, I mean, I when I was reading that, I was like, "Damn, that's impressive." Yeah, I mean, that's that is impressive. You know, they they they're obviously older now, and then and they're kind of in the rebuilding phase, and they've got younger players now. Uh, but I, I, anytime you win three Stanley Cups, I think it was even like what seven years or something like that something crazy yeah you're obviously going to take that every day of the week and and probably you know any chance you get so it, it definitely you know part of the blackhawks dynasty and they, they were definitely a force mm-hmm. the next nhl question kind of easy as well if you know your nhl you should know this which nhl team has won the most stanley cups all time and i'll give you this hint They've won 24. The next highest below them was 13. So they have 11 more Stanley Cups than the next slowest person. Mm. Who has the most? I, I don't know. I would. Uh, my first thought, and this this might be make me look really stupid, was the uh, the uh, New York Rangers. Oh, I will say that is incorrect. Damn, the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens, yeah. Yeah, which I'm guessing that was in the olden days because yeah, I don't think they're worth a shit much. I mean, they're in the playoffs, but I don't think they're much worth a shit right now. They well, the past couple of years. Think, think people say that it's the hardest trophy to win, right, is the Stanley Cup. Oh, 100%. The, the Blues have been in the playoffs 44 out of their 53 years or, you know, 44 times. Uh, and they we talk about it, you know, just – just how thrilling to win that first one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, just be, and we talk about, you know, how thrilling um, playoff hockey is just a quick turnaround after you get beat up and get beat to shit the night before and you got to come back the next night for, for another game. It, it, I mean, it's incredibly hard to win. So, but it is interesting. I didn't know that, you know, how the next, the next team has 11 more or 11 less than the Canadians. I mean, that, and like you said, it, it's got to be from, from you know, they they probably had to go on a win, uh, run and and win a lot. But yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. So yeah. All right, moving on. So you have 
One correct out of Let's four. Let's go. So far. <laughs> Let's go. NBA. We'll give you the easy one first. NBA. Yeah. Only four players have won NBA titles with three different teams. Robert Horry, John Saley, LeBron James, and who else? Who is the fourth player to win an NBA title with three different teams? Timer is already going. Hmm. It's I mean, it's a tough one. He's 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 kind of a big name, but he's kind of not. I'll say that. Ten seconds. Five, four, three, two. Need an answer. Need something just thrown out there. My my first. He's recent. I, I'll give you a hint, real quick. I'll give you a hint. He's recent. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Well, then I think my first thought's gonna be wrong, but I, I, I would go with Steve Kerr because I know he he won oh, two, yeah. and, and I didn't know like you know if you want to throw the Warriors in, there's his third team. No, this uh, is as, this is as players. Player. Man, I just uh just is not coming to me. The answer is Danny Green. Danny Green, really? Yep, Danny Green. The, the Raptors, the Spurs, and the Lakers, right? Yep, Raptors, Spurs, and Lakers. Damn, okay. Yeah, I told you that he's a big name, but he's not. Same yeah. time. He's, he's, well, he's, he's, ho- he's hoping to, uh, to, to have a chance at one with the uh, yeah. 76ers. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. Well, you know what? At least I didn't go over. <laughs> I, I was, you still got one more. Still got one more. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think you're gonna get this one because okay. it's a shot in the dark. Because okay. I just I wanted to get this guy's name out there because he's one of my favorite NBA players of all time. Okay. He doesn't get talked about enough because he's very, vastly oh. underrated. No, I mean, chill, uh, chill, chill. He's my favorite. This is one of my favorite. Okay. So you have to name this player based on the things I'm gonna give you. Okay. And I have is it, uh, absolute no hope you're going to get this. If you do. I will Venmo you $10 right now because so, so that's how much little hope I have in you right now. So it's not a current player. He is retired. Yes, he is retired. Okay. Drafted fifth overall by the Magic in 2000 out of Florida. So the 2000 NBA draft, fifth overall to the Magic out of Florida. Uh-huh. He, run, he won rookie of the year in 2001. He won sixth man of the year with the Grizzlies in 2006. He was a member of both the 2012 and 2013 Miami Heat rosters when they won their NBA titles. One of his biggest plays that he's known for was in the 2013 final series, game six, where his shoe fell off. It came loose, so he decided to just take it off, throw it into the stands, run down the court, receive the pass from LeBron James, and drain the three with one shoe on to bring them within four, which helped them eventually win that game. He's known for his three-point shooting. Played I think seventeen played seventeen seasons, and his career path was Orlando Magic, Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota, Washington Wizards, Miami Heat, Memphis Grizzlies, Cleveland Cavaliers, and ended his career with the Denver Nuggets. Who is this player? Mm. I, I had a good guess until you gave me the career teams. I, I thought it was uh Mike Miller, but I don't th- he didn't go to Florida. Uh, 
who who'd you say who who do you say the teams were that, that he played? Hold on one second. I need to double check this. So his teams were he was drafted by Orlando Magic. Yeah. He went to Memphis, Minnesota, Washington Wizards. Yeah. Miami Heat, or he won his finals. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. And Denver Nuggets. No, no cheating. I don't want you looking shit up here. No, no, no. 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 For sure. Who is he? I'm I'm gonna stick with my guns because I know Mike Miller played on every fucking NBA team there is. So God damn it. I'm gonna go with Mike Miller. I just fucking lost ten dollars. I cannot hey. believe you knew Mike Miller. No way. Bro, when you said that, you started you started like faltering. I was like, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I thought it could have been him. I didn't know if he went to Florida or not. Ah, I did not think there was a uh, shot in hell. You'd know Mike Miller. But yes, the answer is Mike freaking Miller. Underrated, stud three-point shooter. Helped the Miami Heat win their two NBA championships. Love the guy. That is the answer. Andrew, like- two for six. Not too bad, huh? Not not bad, not good. Not, not even not, close to good, no, but not, I'm not bad. I'm not gonna pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm <laughs> first, first first episode, room for improvement, which is good. You know, you don't want to set the bar too high. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to set the bar too low, which I don't think I did. I think you know I still proved that I can pull stuff out of my ass every once in a while. Uh, uh, <laughs> I gave you some I gave you some tough ones. I gave yeah. you some tough ones. I'm, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll adjust the difficulty level in these coming episodes. I, I want to look. Is Mike Miller still uh, still an assistant at Memphis or did he leave? I think he's still. He is a currently a head coach at a high school in Tennessee. Is he? Okay. Yes. Good for him. I saw that when I was looking this up because I wanted a question to be about him. So I was looking up his Wikipedia and looking all about him. But yes, he is currently a high school coach in Tennessee. Good for him. Well, Andrew, first episode, baby. First episode is coming to a close first episode was fun do you have any final thoughts anything that you want to say before we uh officially shut the book close the book keep in mind for the listeners we are recording this on may 26th we have no idea how long it's going to take for spotify to approve our podcast we can actually post this for y'all to listen to so if everything seems super out of date with talking about the playoffs and everything, we tried. We're, yeah, doing, we're, we're recording this we're, on May 26th. Right. We're going to get this out as soon as we possibly can. We're being Spotify current. requires episodes to be pre-recorded to get approved. So it's up to them how long they record it. But May 26th, we're going to hopefully get thing get these out weekly. We're going to have to pre-record a few episodes because me being out of town, Andrew being out of town, but if you want to hear two idiots talk sports, give hot takes, and just have a good time, it's a place to be. And hopefully soon within the next couple episodes, you kind of mentioned it, hopefully we can have, you know, listeners and, and viewer questions to, yeah. to you know, for us both and just kind of more topics for, for us to um, uh, bounce off of each other. But, you know, as you said as well, as of this moment, we are being current with the sporting events that we're talking about, obviously. Uh, so hopefully we can uh, get this thing uploaded as soon as possible. And, and like Chris said, start a weekly schedule so we can 
you know, be more consistent with our uploads and our recording as well. So uh, I I appreciate uh, you hanging out with me during this first episode. It was a blast. And, and uh, if if you don't have anything else to say, I think, uh, I I think that'll do it for me as well. So that is it. I just finished my drink. So it was a perfect time. Yeah. yeah, Perfect timing to to knock out that white claw, LO white claw. If you want to, uh, I was out of beer downstairs, the stairs in the fridge. And I, so I grabbed one of my mom's white claws and, you know, Haven't had one in a while. It tasted pretty damn good. All right. Right on. Liquor is liquor. Yeah, that's that's right. right, Thanks, everybody, for listening. uh, Andrew. It's been a blast. Like I said, good timing, finishing the drink and and finishing the episode. And I look forward to the next one. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys.